0: And welcome to Thinking Aloud About Film. This is going to be our 19th Hu Shen podcast and the 10th dealing with context. Uh, today we'll be seeing Taipei story, uh, a film by Edward Yang, which stars Hu Shen. And what did you think of it, Richard?
1: I re- really enjoyed it. So it stars him and it was co-written by him and his regular writing collaborator and by Edward Yang. So... We could argue he didn't direct it, but it is a Houshoushan film.
0: No, um, we cannot do that. No, and actually, don't you think it feels very different to a Shan film?
1: It does, That's that, and, that, and that's the interesting thing, because actually the plot could have been in a Shan film, but this, the whole style of it, it's, uh, the filming style, is very, very yes. different.
0: Yes, I mean, it's it's kind of, in a way, an argument for authorship or for prioritizing the direction and discussions of authorship actually because you know it's a film from the same time from the same country probably with the same crew <laughs> yeah like kind of all these things they have in common and nonetheless it feels very very different yeah it looks different yeah yeah uh it's a different way of storytelling um though just as great and just as moving i think tell us a little bit about the story
1: there's a, a young youngish couple i guess they're they're sort of Late 20s, early 30s, who are played by Ho Shao Shan and Sai Chin. I think is the woman who would later become Edward Yang's wife. But essentially, the whole plot is them slowly breaking up over the course of the film, um, while she is kind of uh, looking to the future and the, the kind of corporate life and technology and so on, and he's looking back to the past. He's kind of obsessed with his childhood and his childhood friends and his baseball team and drinking in bars and playing darts and so on. A little bit like daughter of the nile or boys from fun Quay. it's not a very plot heavy film it's, just, it's all about atmosphere
0: and, and um... mm. what i uh registered uh, uh, as something that i liked very much was how you know it was a film about a culture and the people and individuals within all of that you know i hate films i mean a lot of new cinema by young people, and this would have been typical of it, or so often films about cinema, about being a filmmaker, being an artist, or, you know, yeah, the alienation that comes from that choice or whatever. And this is the contrary. Like, you get a sense that this is really, you know, it's a, a, a cab driver, uh, somebody who's starting their own business, you know, a student who's not going to class, a man who beats his wife and has abused his children, you know, and I'm I'm just here saying the the most salient thing about each of them. Yeah, yeah, I yeah.
1: Mean, which, which is interesting because it, with the, you know, as you say, with the film where it's you know directed by one key figure in in the Taiwan New Wave, and it stars another key director two, from the Taiwan New Wave. You might...
0: Two, because the the cab driver friend of Lun, played by Hu Xiaoshan is also one of the filmmakers of the taiwan new wave
1: oh okay i did i did, didn't realize that yeah because um, I've, I've only just finished watching it so i've had less time to research but uh, uh, so you, you cheated but I, did um, not. It, it's... I barely read anything
0: i like to have my responses to the film be my responses so i kind of begrudge your kind of impetus to read up on it <laughs> except, and that makes me feel too ignorant <laughs>
1: um, but, but yeah it's, as you say cause it's, it's, it's a film you know, starring two filmmakers, and um, uh, you you might expect it to be very, as you say, quite a sort of uh, reflexive film about film, but it but it's not it's not really at all. Um, it, the, I think there's some interesting stuff about the difference you know about Taiwanese culture, because you get a lot about Taipei uh, being you know, rebuilt and modernised, which we have seen in other films, but also about American and Japanese culture, with them them seeing those two as kind of touchstones of of uh, the cultures they want to they want to look to so you get a lot of you know american pop culture
0: it's an axis isn't it yeah so you know japan is the old empire america is the new one really so and this is a place that's caught between both yeah and also there's kind of mainland china so yeah you know the yeah. film is so careful about all of that actually it's a film that it feels to me you know almost like a mosaic yeah, that kind of slowly builds up and, you know, and you get a picture of these people and you get, Im- Im- uh, you know, immersed in their stories and they kind of reveal themselves to you. And then upon occasion, and they reveal things to you that the other doesn't know. I'm not sure, for example, how much uh, Lung suspects of Chin's having an affair with that architect, Yeah
1: because yeah he never meets the does yeah, thing I think. And I, don't, I don't think she knows what he's up to and there's one point where she berates lung for giving for lending money to her yes. father uh, but you've previously seen that she's lent money to the mother
0: To rescue the father <laughs>
1: which she yeah yeah which she has, she doesn't yeah. mention so
0: yeah uh, mm. and which is part of what makes her so angry about his lending the money right but it's something that he doesn't know so basically the story is about these childhood sweethearts yeah who've been together forever and the slow unraveling of that relationship basically through a failure to communicate they're clearly very fond of each other and they care for each other but also they clearly have no future together and somehow you know the couple becomes symbolic of the nation yeah one is caught in the past, yeah, yeah. the other one is kind of selfish and moving on to the future. And she is quite selfish or, or quite self protective, let's say. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and she always wears sunglasses, you know, she's kind of hiding herself between behind these sunglasses yeah. the whole time. She's yeah.
0: The film has extraordinary images. I mean the story's about Lung and Qing. So Qin is you know, uh, not quite living with Lung, but they've been going out together for a very long time. She's presumably having an affair with this married architect, and she also has a one-night one night stand with this young kid who becomes obsessed with her, right? Uh, and that's the whole f- a female angle in the film is very interesting because it gives a lot more sexuality and agency and so on to women and actually to the male protagonist, I think. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. The male protagonist seems caught up in the past and his baseball career. You know, it's almost like your your friends who haven't moved on and who are always speaking about high school or something.
1: <laughs> yeah, this is it. Because he, yeah, he, he's, you know, he goes back to his high school and meets his old baseball coach. And, you know, he, take, he goes to the States and when he comes back, what he's brought back with him is he's he's videotaped baseball yes. matches. Um, and then he, you know, he then he bumps into his old friend who, who and you, you kind of get the impression they were both kind of baseball stars and the, and this was because he gets very you know, he gets very angry at one point when somebody just asks him while they're playing darts someone says didn't you used to play baseball and he just gets really angry and starts hitting him and you don't really know why but I think it's because it's like this is this was their youth this was like really hugely important but no one cares.
0: Um, yeah, it was like the clearly the highlight of of their life. Um, I love that relationship with that baseball player and the children and the wife who's addicted to gambling, you know, and who ends up uh, committing suicide. Like, you know, these are just like almost threads. They're little strands in the film. They're not the center of the film, but actually, you know, I think they really deve- reveal. So much feeling, like such complex relationships. I mean, you wonder, you know, this poor woman, like, you know, what drove her to gamble? You know, what drove her to suicide? How much shame must she have felt? Right. Yeah, like, you know, it's a film that makes you ask all of these questions about
1: Yeah, yeah. And it, it did, I mean, that I mean the the structure of that storytelling was quite reminiscent of, of the um, the Ho forms of that period as well, where, you know, you, you're just presented with this kind of mosaic of information, you have to piece it together, like, like dust in the winds, where actually a similar trajectory in this relationship, and you don't really, you know, you're just presented with incidents, and you have to piece it together. Um, and similarly, um, Time to Live and Time to Die, where, you, where you're presented with stuff, and you don't quite know how it all fits together and why things are happening, but it does all make sense by the end of the film.
0: This has more beautiful imagery than Hu Shen. You know, I was looking at some of the images, you know, those scenes in front of the Fuji uh, neon Mm. placard. or Yeah, yeah. uh, I mean, they're amazing, they're beautiful. You just think, my God, you know, what what an extraordinary image. Um, Some of the scenes in the darkness kind of played in shadows. You know, you think they're extraordinary. The um, images of passing cars being reflected on metal and window, so they look rather mutant-like. Yeah, jagged. It's it's not yeah. a mirror image. Yeah, so distorted. Yeah, like the closing credit yeah.
1: scene where with with that is amazing. Yeah, and still as you say a lot of mirrors. There's a scene near the end where the where the woman is just. Looking at herself in reflected in the window, it looks kind of glossy. It you know, does in a way that the Ho Chan films don't. Even even the scenes in the like in the squat where it's all graffitied up, it looks nice and it looks glossy. Um, it almost looks like you know you're in the, they're in a squat, but it kind of almost looks like it's a nightclub that's been designed to look like a squat. You know, and there's a scene where where Ho kind of arrives in the lift at, at, at the girl's apartment and the, you know, the doors open. There's graffiti in the back, but he's kind of it's kind of lit in green, and it's it's just. Clearly, a lot of th- the thought has been given into just making that look nice—not
0: just nice, but expressive. I mean, there are just things that are so. There are images that are just um, striking and memorable and significant through, um, you know, through through their compositions, through the thought behind them. I mean, I'm thinking here of the drink in the market with the architect where almost all of the neon is in this aquamarine blue in the background right and you think oh my god that's kind of so amazing and then there's the scene at christmas where you know the guy on the motorcycle yeah you have all these young kids on motorcycles right and they're going through the city that is kind of completely lit up all of the buildings are lit up right Mm. and you think my god that looks extraordinary really you know that's purely on a visual level but then there are scenes for example. You know, uh, the scenes in the nightclub, yeah, with the kids dancing, you know, and the way they're dancing. And then, of course, all of the electricity turns off and they play with the lighters. I mean, you know, that again is so good. The staging is so great, right?
1: Mm. But what I loved about that scene is that what they're dancing to is yes. Footloose. Uh-huh. And, and, that, and like literally that is the plot of Footloose that they, you know, dancing's been banned, so somebody pulls the plug on the, <laughs> on the sound system in Footloose and they can't dance. So it's kind of easy. I, I – we've said it's not a film about film, but I think that, that is a bit of a it's, – it's a good oh, guy. No, there,
0: there, there <laughs> are a lot of references to film, actually. I mean, it begins with somebody sorting through images, old posters, and you see Rami Schneider, you know, and Alain Delon in a film – you know, and I forget who you see later on, but you know there's constant references to film actually, uh, yeah yeah often in the background um but in relation to this thought about images, there are also you know the conceptual aspect that then becomes symbolic, right, so you know that coca that Pepsi can you know moving through the picture right I mean it is kind of such a commentary on the culture and the lure of America and you know, of of a culture in transition. Yeah.
1: So there's one point in particular in the flat where there's a, a, an extreme close-up, and you the only thing in frame is a, is a painting. So it's like a painting of a boat, and it just holds a shot of the painting of a boat. But I, I think it kind of struck me that a lot of the um, a lot a lot of the shots kind of look like paintings, and it what it reminded me of the scenes in the flat um, where where the where the 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 couple are in the flat together. It really reminded me of that Hockney painting, uh, you know, Mr. and Mrs. Clark ah. and Percy, where it's you know. And I I, I just googled it before we started talking. To the, yeah, I, th- I think that is deliberate. Oh, well, it, it's it's certainly a very similar colouring and blind and everything, and with the, with the, with the couple either side of the blind. So it's it's kind of a wonder. I don't know if there are other examples like that where he's kind of framed it like a painting.
0: It's so beautifully um, shot because, you know, it's very minimalist. Often. There'll only be one person in the frame or two or two or one will be talking to the other, but the other one will be behind the screen, which you think must have been a very economic way of shooting it right i mean the, you know the, there's it's very rare that you have like uh, you know in the nightclub scene where there are like i don't know twenty people in the frame right so so it looks both economical and on the other hand expansive and glossy right so there's all these shots from Skyscrapers looking down at traffic moving through the city, right? Or the billboards, or yeah, so you get the sense of this industrial, quite rich city actually, yeah, or increasingly rich city. The coming of computers at the end, you know, the redesigning of interior spaces and all of that stuff. But on the other hand, it's also, it, it feels intimate, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So I thought that was kind of like a marvelous um achievement really yeah because you know those two things rarely go together yeah and the film does it i think very very beautifully
1: Mm. so i'm going to quote what mark cousins says about edward yang in the story of film talks about the taiwanese Taiwanese new cinema a more philosophical and less commercial approach to filmmaking emerged edward yang and Ho, ho xiao shen were its standard bearers with ho the more distinctive of the two and that's literally all he says about Edward Yang. <laughs>
0: um, well, so. it's greatly unfair to Edward Yang, I think. You yeah, know, I
1: think it is. I think it
0: um, is. On the basis of this film. It's interesting because I think I like this film more than anything we've seen by Hu Xiao Shen so far.
1: Are we going to have to rebrand the podcast? No. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: I was thinking you know, that it wouldn't be very difficult to cover all of Edward Yang's films because he only did seven. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, I think, in yeah. fact, that I've seen already three or four.
1: Uh, I've seen so the Terrorizers is on movies. and um, I've so I've seen that. I've seen this. I've seen a Brighter Summer Day. I think th- those are the those are the only ones I've seen. But. And oh, and, and, y- and y- yeah,
0: yeah, I've course. seen. Uh, you say yeah, yeah, I say yee yee I'm not sure which is right. <laughs> I, I <don't> <laughs> uh, but you've seen more than I. I think, in fact, because I, I don't think I've seen the Terrorizers. I think I've seen a Brighter Summer Day. Um, but anyway, I think this is an incredible film, really. Uh, it's, it's, it's a really beautiful film and I'm, I'm sure it's one that'll grow in depth kind of the more, the more you think about it really, you know, so you have all these questions about like, for example, the architect and his wife, which he sees them shopping in hides, right? You know, and ostensibly they've been having trouble in their marriage. Have they really been having trouble in their marriage? right or you know the scene where you see them shopping like where will it go yeah I, I mean they look quite together and at ease together and you know is she making it up did he lie to her you know yeah like you really get a, a kind of a world really it's
1: yeah and there's this whole stuff about because you, you get the impression at the start of the film that um she's got quite a successful yes. career and she yeah you know, she's renting this flat and she's going to do the flat up and it's like well okay, I, you know i can save up it's all fine and then suddenly the the film moves on it, and it only seems to be a few weeks later really. But by this point, the there's been some kind of lawsuit because the there's a male and female architect. There's the this one she's having an affair with, and then there's her, her boss. And you know she's there, there's some lawsuit because the survey was wrong, and and you know they, they were a meter out on their measurements or something. Um, and then everything's falling apart. They're being taken over, uh, but you then get the impression that. You know, he the architect is looking out over Taipei, saying, "Oh, well, you know, I can't tell. I've no idea which of these buildings are mine and which aren't because they all look yeah. the same." And, and you kind of get the impression actually it's kind of a you know it's a bit of a fly-by-night um, um, property development scam, really. That that, that it's sort of the, this this massive overdevelopment of Taipei is being driven by these um, construction companies who are just who are doing things on the yes. cheap. Because also th- th- then you get the fact that the um, father. Well, I'm just going to say that the the sister is in this squat, and and the squat has a sign saying, you know, a dangerous building, do not enter. But it's clearly quite a, quite a, a a new building, so it's basically essentially yeah, it looks to be a you know probably a, an office block that's been put up put up quickly, and then it's found to be yeah. unsafe.
0: And this problem um, resurfaces in relation to the father, who produces bottle caps, but whose business is going under. Because he's been fined because of a lack of quality control. <laughs> he says, "If I had quality control, I wouldn't be able to do it so cheaply." <laughs> <laughs> right? So you know the sense of like, yeah, you know, things not being done right, of scammers, yeah, of yeah, people on the make, and so on, corruption. Yeah, is something that runs um, throughout the film. Um, you know, which which again is is so interesting. And one of the things that I find most interesting is that you know very little about, um, uh, is it Lu? Yeah, the character played by uh, Hu Shao Shen. Yeah, mm, you know he was a mm. baseball player. You know he's got these friends. Yeah. yeah. He's got a sister in America and a brother-in-law who um, is making it difficult for him to be his partner. Uh,
1: yeah, we're told. yeah.
0: are but that's all we know about him, really.
1: You don't even know. You don't even really know where he lives, um, because he. Yeah, you know, at the start of the film, you think he's moving in with the girlfriend, but actually, he doesn't appear to live there. He appears to live somewhere else most of the time. There's, there's, the, there's the, the, clearly some issue with a, a, a like an ex girlfriend who lives in Japan, who he visits near the start of the film, and lies about having visited, and, and, and there's a child there, and is it his child or not? I don't, I'm not sure. Um, I, I don't, don't think, think it, it is, is, but I, you know. But it's clear but it's clearly it's an ex and, and this causes an issue when the when the current girlfriend realizes that he's he's visited this girl and not told her. Um but yeah, it, it it's very mysterious and you and you don't you don't really know.
0: <laughs> it's a very interesting film because it's all about night. Yeah. Almost all of it takes place at night and the few things that you see happening during the day are things that you ordinarily would think of as happening in the at night, like the gambling, right? Yeah. So 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 it's a picture of a people and a place that's kind of imbued with darkness, with neon, with you know even the things they talk about. So Chin's father telling him, "Oh, your father used to lend me money to go to the whorehouses," and <laughs> yeah, like you know, it's yeah. So gambling then, whorehouses, bars, discotheques, yeah?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, you're right. So it's like, you know, all that's going on and then all the people with jobs are kind of corrupt, yes. you know. So so the, the the whole thing with the brother-in-law in America is clearly some kind of scam that, that you know, he's going to send the money and he's not, not, never going to see it again. Um, there's the whole issue with the, you know, the architects who are clearly doing stuff on the cheap. There's the, you know, whatever the, the, the bottle top business, whereas kind of dodgy bottle tops or something, it's kind of all, all of this stuff is a bit dodgy. Um, and it, it's, it's just essentially everyone is appear like on the surface, most of these people appear to be relatively successful, but actually they're all on the take and they're all they're except
0: all, for our protagonists. <laughs> yeah, which I think is very interesting because he's very honorable, he's always lending money and helping out and so on. But I think, you know, the girlfriend says, you know, I forget exactly what she says, but kind of implying, well, you know, you have to stop thinking yourself as somebody who rescues us and solves our problems, right? Um, And she, because, you know, one of the things about her is she's incredibly self-possessed, right? So there's that interview where, you know, her boss tells her, uh, well, so-and-so is leaving, this architect is leaving, and, you know, uh, you're more than a secretary, but you're less than an executive. So, <laughs> you know, we'll offer you a job as a secretary. You can keep continue being a secretary. and says, well, I can be a secretary anywhere," and leaves. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, yeah. you know, quite, takes quite a degree of self-confidence to just kind of leave your job. I mean, um, you know, without necessarily having expectations that you'll get another one or that the other one that you'll get will be of a higher scale and so but in fact, she does end up with a job at a higher scale with her own office and, you know. Um, so so she's got a kind of an integrity, at least, a, and she's, she helps her mother, she helps her sister, yeah, so she's like a good one. So actually, it's very interesting that this couple, who are basically the only two really good people in the film, end up breaking up. <laughs> yeah yeah yeah
1: yeah the the title is interesting so clearly the title is is a reference to tokyo story although the 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 films have nothing in common as
0: far as i can tell no
1: but that's not the original title the original title the literal the literal translation is green plums and a bamboo horse
0: (laughs) (laughs) and what does that mean
1: it refers to Chinese plums and the childhood practice of riding a bamboo stick as a as a pretend horse. So, so I, I guess it's it's a I don't, I'm not quite sure where the Chinese plums come in, but I guess bamboo horse. It's all about you know childhood things and and, and not being able to let go of your childhood. And uh, yeah, I can I can see that's kind of in outside tai, Taiwan is a, a kind of meaningless title, but actually giving it yeah you know, Taipei story is kind of a meaningless title really because you know. They're, they're trying to refer to Tokyo Story. They're, I guess the, the only commonality is that, you know, Tokyo Story, there are the parents and everyone's ignoring that's the right. parents. And, and here, they're, they're, well, it's like, okay, well, this has got some parents in and the parents are on falling on hard times. That's the
0: only That's the only connection. Yeah, I mean, mind you, I think Taipei Story is a good title, you know. So if you ignore the connection to Ozu, right, it is a story of a couple. It is a story of a city. I think it tells us quite a lot about a people and the way of thinking and these individuals and this place Uh, at this particular moment in history there's a line that says, oh well the Americans have all gone now, so you have all these empty buildings, right, like you know, because the Vietnam War ended and (laughs) you know, and they all left. Yeah, and there's there's also a reference
1: to where the brother-in-law is living in, in, in America, there's There's a reference to that actually being quite a big community of of Taiwanese um, immigrants. When the the couple are talking about moving to America, there's no reference to this being a a difficult thing to do in terms of, you know, immigration rights or working rights or green cards or whatever. It's just seen, clearly it's just seen as something you can do. And I suspect that probably was the case because it was, you know, Taiwan was seen as a, by America as a kind of... um, you know bulwark against communist China and and so essentially supporting people to emigrate from there in the same way actually that, that, that at the moment the the UK um, is supportive of, of people from Hong Kong moving moving to the UK in a way that they're not with with any other country
0: so I think it's a very very great film I'm, I'm really glad
1: uh, and it, and it's a really yeah, the really nice restoration we saw. It's a very nice Blu-ray. Was so it was restored by the World Cinema Foundation. Yeah, it, it's it's well worth. It's a film that
0: hasn't circulated very much outside of Taiwan, and it was not, I understand, a popular success uh, in Taiwan when it came out. Uh, but it's a film whose reputation has grown over the years.
1: Yeah, and I think so. I mean, because with Edward Yang, the, certainly the the first of his films that was released in the States. And I think the first was released in the UK was 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 Yaya or Yee Yee or however we, we pronounce it. Um, and obviously, unfortunately, he died after making that film. And that, yeah, that was his international breakthrough and, and and he then died. So I think that's possibly why he, you know, when you see the that Mark Cousins reference, it's prob- possibly because he his career was was unfortunately curtailed And yet, um, but
0: it's it, in that horrible documentary that we saw last week mm. the flowers of taipei <laughs> uh, Taipei's story is seen as the film that that uh european uh festival programmers it's the one that made them you know stand up and take notice of taiwanese cinema
1: mm. yeah yeah it, which is interesting isn't it and, and i think as i, say, I think you got Yai Yai or Yi Yi certainly was a was a pretty big success in art house terms in the UK, at least. And um, I think if he you know, if, if if he hadn't died, his career would have would have would have been you know, continued very successfully. And it's um, interesting also so, to
0: know that Hu Shao Shen is the man who supervised the restoration.
1: Yeah. And who sold his house to fund the film. Which, as we discovered in Flowers of yeah, which tai we Pi.
0: want to know more yeah. about, and which that film cheated us—that film refused to tell us. Yeah. <laughs> well, well I, th- I
1: think that's the thing. It makes me even more annoyed about Flowers of Taipei because you watch this film, and a you, know, you have the knowledge that, that Ho Shao sold or remortgaged his house or whatever to fund the film. You've got this whole thing around, you know, him writing and starring in, in it, and Edward Yang directing it. He wrote films for other directors as well. Edward Yang did the music for Summer at Grandpas I think and and appeared in Summer at Grandpas there's this whole interaction between all those filmmakers and we weren't given any information about that or why it stopped because clearly this was a you know a a very
0: kind of close-knit community at that point who were all interacting with each other in in an interesting way so you know bugger that film but this one is great <laughs> it's
1: absolutely great the and another thing i was going to mention was which i found interesting was the the parallels which may well just be coincidence parallels between this and dangerous youth uh-huh. um all the or the scenes with you know, young people in discos oh, yes. and, and, and motorbikes but also the fact that virtually there's very little um incidental music in this film um, and most of the music you hear is western pop music in, in the background, as as we got in those yeah. those sixties films, so, I mean, obviously that the brilliant scene with Footloose, you get a bit of Michael Jackson, you get I think, a think bit of Tina Turner,
0: and you also you also get I don't know if it's Mozart, it sounded like Mozart to me. But, you know, that wonderful symbonic, symphonic music at moments, moment. And actually, that is something that was also characteristic of these 60s Taiwanese films.
1: The original music for the film was written by Edward Yang, I think, who also obviously wrote one of, one of the Ho films. And I noticed in the closing credits, it was the cello. We said cello played by Yo-Yo Mark. Okay. So,
0: well, well, there you go.
1: is one of two cellists uh, I've heard uh, of.
0: Well, uh <laughs> Okay, so be that as it may, it still resembles that kind of Mozart that you hear uh, in earlier Taiwanese uh, films. So, I suppose the only point I want to make is that one of the things that we hear too little about is the connection between these films and an earlier generation of, you know, Taiwanese indigenous cinema. So... You know it's definitely one of the things i'd be interested in finding out more about
1: yeah and that's why it was you know it's been so fascinating seeing those films that were made available in the last few weeks to them because we wouldn't have made that link
0: without without yes. seeing those so. so and we're already making more links than that stupid flowers of you know taiwan you know? <laughs> <laughs> Let it go. (laughs) Uh, 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 (laughs) All right. Thank you very much for listening. We are thinking a lot about film. I'm Jose. I'm Richard. Bye-bye. Bye.